I V M. Folks, welcome to Paisa Paisa. I'm your host Anupam Gupta, B50 on Twitter, and my guest today is iFast Financial India, totally brand new firm. Not sure how many of you guys have heard about it, but it's really interesting. Okay, as I can say in a certain way, it's our first multinational or our first regional company that we have on our podcast, and we are going to talk about global investing. We've done that a few times before, but this is going to be about different regions, right? How do you choose a good country or a good region to invest in? Now, iFast, why is iFast? well placed to answer that well because it's got a strong and independent international research team that tracks us okay in fact ifascorp is one of asia's largest wealth management fintech platforms it was founded in the year 2000 and it's based in singapore and in india ifast has got two business models okay the first one is an online mutual fund platform for investors okay stuff that you would do normally you go to a website and you check out what's there on offer so their their online mutual fund platform is called fundsupermart.com and they've also got a b2b platform okay that's ifastfinancial.co.in where ifast enables distributors and advisors to deliver multi asset investment and advisory services and to explain more of what ifas does i have with me eric hon managing director of ifas financial india private limited eric welcome to paisa paisa thank you so much doing this for our listeners thank you anupam thank you for having me on your show i'm really very happy to be on your show to share some of the insights that we have you know on global investing now uh, for ifas our mission statement is actually to help investors around the world to invest uh, globally and profitably right so we this this mission we started in 2000 as a dot com A online platform for mutual fund investors that focus on two things, right? One is technology, and the other one is education, right? We believe that with technology and education, the investor can actually make money from investments and not 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 to make money for the people who are selling the the investments, right? So with that, we actually built the platform, right, for online investors to do it on their own, and subsequently, we also built a platform that cater for the financial advisors who are independent, right, who are a, a fiduciary. Right to manage the investment for their clients, right. So that is the main focus of our business. And right now we are actually uh, in existence since 2000 in India. We started in uh, 2008, right. We are listed on the Singapore Exchange, right, since 2014, and we're now in five markets. That is in India, Hong Kong, China, and Malaysia. Fantastic! That's my first list, you know, <laughs> company that's listed in Asia on on my podcast. So thank you so much for joining us. You joined iFast uh, back in two thousand four in Singapore. So you're a veteran. I mean, you you've been in this for what seventeen years. How's been the experience so far? And you said you so the India wings are in what two thousand eight. So that's twelve years. So were, so did you come into India in two thousand eight? Uh, no, I I actually come in. I have been coming to India on and off since the the okay. start of the business. Right, but I have only just become a full-time MD, spending most of my time in India in the last uh, two and a half years. Right, uh, but we have been coming to India since like uh, 2008. Right, so I've been quite familiar with the wow. with the with the Indian markets okay. and the Indian investors. Yeah, you would have seen that in that entire change, right? I mean, you know, from where things were in 2008 during the financial crisis and how. There were in so many SIPs and people were in that into mutual funds and now suddenly in this last one year you've got so many DMAT accounts open. Everybody is doing stock trading and everybody is into mutual funds. Must have been a lot of fun, right? All this this last whatever you know ten ten odd years. Yes, yes. I think I certainly seen a lot of changes in India and that's why we are so exciting. You know, so 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 excited about what is going to come in uh, in the future, especially when the 
when the investors here are, are starting to understand why they need to look out of India to invest. Yeah, and that's, in fact, let's get right on to that. Look out of India to invest. Okay, so Eric, I want you to tell our listeners from an asset allocation point of view, why is global investing important, right? Because as of now, I'm guessing that a lot of investors in India are new and their exposure is mainly to the Indian markets. Although I think um, the data from the RBI also shows us that since the RBI opened up remittances abroad, a lot of people have started investing abroad directly. Yes. And there have there, there are quite a few uh, index funds, ETFs, fund of funds out here that offer you uh, to invest abroad. So let's start this. Okay, Why is global investing important from an asset allocation point of view? I think to start off is very simple. When you look at your, your iPhone, all right, uh, the things is the parts in the iPhone. All right, how many of those things are actually made in India? Right, the software, the apps, mm-hmm. all of these things that you have in a single phone, how many of these things are made in India? Right, I, I think you will know that actually not that many things are made in India. Right, your chips are made in Taiwan, right, or Korea. Right, your your apps can be from Facebook, you know, from the US. Uh, your WhatsApp, US. Your Instagram, US. Right, your TikTok, China. So if you just look at the 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 a simple phone, you can really tell you that. The companies that produce the phone, whether the hardware and the, and the software, are companies from all over the world, right? And if you want to invest, you obviously want to invest in companies that have a global footprint, correct? And you want to do it in such a way that your risk is not concentrated only in one company or one industry, right? And also not in just one market, right? So when you invest all over the world, right, you are able to get the benefits, right, of spreading your risk, Right of uh, tapping on the global growth uh, story, not just the Indian growth story, but the U.S. tech growth story, or the Southeast Asia growth story, or the China growth story, right? And another one benefit that we have seen in the last ten years, and uh, is actually looking at the, the 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 currency upside of the USD versus the rupee, right? If you if you are, if you're looking at it in the last one year alone, right, the Indians who are investing in S and P five hundred index actually have earned about about seventeen point three percent. Right, which is 2.1% due to the currency depreciation against the dollar. Right? And similarly, in the last three years, uh, the Indians have actually earned 5% more due to the currency benefit right? when, they US, when they invest in the U.S. index. Right? So these are just some of the key benefits that uh, when we look at from a global uh, uh, allocation point of view. Very interesting, Eric. When you say... I get that, you know, because as 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 an Indian sitting out here, I'm selling rupees and buying dollars. Like let's say that I'm buying shares in in an Apple, I'm actually buying a dollar asset. So as the dollar gets stronger or the rupee gets weaker, that is something that's over and above the capital depreciation that the stock price gives me. Yes. Great. Now I want to ask because you know this is iFast is international, right? It, you yes. have a large team that tracks a lot of countries also. Mm. Now, when you in the previous question, you spoke about uh, US, yes. which pretty much has a lot of the companies that you spoke about when you look at the mobile phone, whether it's a Twitter, whether a WhatsApp. Mm. And then you've got some, you know, then you've got Europe, then you've got Asia. And within Asia, you've got some fairly large markets, could be Taiwan, could be mm. China, could be even Singapore, Hong Kong. Right. How does IFAST assess these different regions for global investing? Because my guess is that a lot of us sitting out here in India can only see the S&P 500 and can only see the NASDAQ and can only see the Dow Jones stuff. But 
you have a vantage point of assessing different regions. Right. Tell us how you do that. Yeah. So when we look at the world, right, we will look at it from the the valuation point of view as well as the earnings point of view. Right. These two actually it determines whether a market is overvalued or, or undervalued. Right. And when we look at it, we also look at the uh, the upside potential, the expected earnings growth in those markets. Right. And also the access to the unique uh, bu- the businesses not listed on the Indian markets. Right. So on the economic outlook, we also look at the expected GDP growth. Right. The the, the demographic change. Right. The structural growth of the uh, economy, the the domestic and international trade. And other uh, macroeconomic indicators that also include the risk factors and their impact, right? So most of these drivers are actually quite different from that of India, right? And uh, they are also at a, at a different stage of development. So which is why when we look at this this market, right, we can actually see the different uh, the uh, the opportunities, right, as well as the risk, right, to to invest in these markets. Okay, so guys, we are going to take a small break out here. And when we come back on the other side, we're going to give you the actual solutions, right? We're going to talk about how you can buy the products that can help you diversify globally. And actually, Eric, I'm going to slip in one more question out here. Do you guys have some kind of a ranking of different countries that you like or you don't like or any recommendations that you're giving out to your client that you can share with the listeners? Just, Just generic stuff. Yeah, we do have a very simple rating of a 1 to 5 to look at a market whether it's attractive or it's not attractive. But one thing about the global allocation, it doesn't mean that when a market is unattractive at the moment, you totally don't invest anything in it, right? You do still keep your money invested because over the long term, right, the the stock market will move and the valuation will move, but you just simply allocate less of that and then you allocate more into a market where it is viewed as cheaper at a point in time. Excellent. So folks, don't, we, don't go anywhere. We will be right back on this very special episode of Pesa Pesa. My guest, Eric Horn of iFast, will be right back. And welcome back to this episode of Pesa Pesa. My guest, Eric Horn, Managing Director of iFast Financial India. And in the first part of this episode, we spoke about the concept of global investing. We also spoke about what iFast does. Very interesting stuff. So now we're going to get into how iFast can actually help you in achieving this diversification into global products. Okay, so Eric, welcome back. Um, Let's get into specific questions out here, right? So first, the first question I'm sure that all of us have, our listeners have is, what are the various products that can help me as a listener of this episode diversify my portfolio globally? Let's get into that. Right. I think the best way for any new investors to look at their global products is through the mutual funds, the international uh, mutual funds that is available in India right now as a feeder fund. Right, so this fund it invests in some of the best performing global mutual funds in the world, and it's very easy for the investors to to buy and sell into these mutual funds. Right, and India itself, we can see the trend actually that is picking out in the last uh, one over year, where the growth of the AUM in the international funds in India itself in the last two years actually, right, is more than two hundred percent. Right, in the, in the last twelve months, we've seen a double digit AUM growth. Right, in the international fund. So it's very clear that more and more investors are looking at this opportunity and that is actually the fastest and easiest way to uh, gain exposure to the global markets. Right? Another way uh, that, that many investors go to is through the, LR, the LRS route, which is the, the liberalized uh, uh, remittance scheme. 
right, where they can get into that the direct uh, international equity and bond exposure, right, through let's say a platform in Singapore, right, that we also have, right, that they can actually buy into the equities in the exchange of the US, right, in Europe, uh, in in Asia, right, in Hong Kong or China. Right, but the best way we think is actually through the the mutual fund that's already available in India. Okay, Eric, you said the feeder funds, right? Yes. Can you just take us through the landscape out here? Because I remember uh, last year sometime I'd also had Pratik Oswal or Motil Oswal talking about the S and P five hundred. So the so just as a kind of a very small primer for our listeners, mm. uh, what are the various products out there? There could be an index fund, then there is a fund of funds, a feed, you know. Of feeder funds and an ETF. Just a general overview. How are these different from each other? Right. Actually, the the definition of a feeder fund, like what the name says, is that it fits into a mother fund, right? So the mother fund is that is the fund that actually invests into the into the the equities, and the feeder fund is like a, a fund that is wrapped around the mother fund to make it accessible to the investors in that country, right? Because there's no fund in India itself that that, that directly invests, let's say, in the US. Right or in China, right? Yeah, you actually wrap around the mother fund that maybe in Singapore, maybe in Hong Kong, right? That invest directly into this market, right? So there is also a cost uh, difference, right? The feeder fund itself also has its own cost because it needs to manage the liquidity, all right, of the fund itself, which makes it easy for the the investor to come in and get out of the fund. Right. Very so interesting. Yes. Yeah. So so basically, a feeder fund is just like that, right? And a fund of fund is basically also like a feeder fund, right? We can call it like a fund of another fund, right? And and that's why when we come out with the research on the recommended funds that we ask the investor to look at, right? We also look at the mother fund, and the mother fund usually has a longer uh, performance because it's been around for a longer time. Whereas a feeder fund takes into account, of course, the cost of running the feeder fund in India. But the history of that fund and the performance is shorter. But largely, the performance is, of course, linked to the, to the mother fund, but less of of the expenses of the feeder fund. Very interesting. Uh, and there's enough liquidity and you know size for someone. You know, let's say if I don't have a very large, uh, if I want to start up an SIP of maybe just hundred dollars, which is like seven thousand rupees or you know something of that sort, mm. is there enough liquidity for a retail investor out here in India, or are there minimum sizes that could probably you know? Uh, prevent me from buying that? No, no. I think when you buy into a mutual fund, uh, then that's the main benefit for a retail investor is that there's no liquidity challenges, right? Which is why you are able to assess these this markets. In the last one year alone, I can see that actually more and more uh, of the fund houses are actually rolling out or partnering with the global fund houses to roll out more international funds, right? And that is actually a good thing because now the Indian investors can look beyond India, and look at all the opportunities all over the world, and also don't concentrate all the risks into one market in India uh, on its own. They must spread the risk. Okay, okay, Eric. We've I think you know uh, we've 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 covered good ground in explaining the concepts and how uh, global investing works for our listeners, and even on the product side. Mm. Let's get into specific recommendations. Okay, do you have any specific products that you would like to talk about? For to our listeners, or maybe a general asset allocation pie that can help them to actually, you know, maybe if they're thinking of allocating hundred dollars or ten thousand rupees per month, how should that be allocated in your opinion? Right. Okay. So I just want to start off first is that the asset allocation first based on the risk appetite of the investor. Right. So everybody has a different risk 
uh, risk appetite. So that, that depends on their risk and the goal that they are trying to achieve by investing. Right? So having said that, let's say I'm an, an, an aggressive uh, risk appetite. So I will have 80-20. So 80 in equities and 20 in fixed income in, uh, in debt. So in the 80, right, then I will want to allocate it based on the different markets in the world. Right. And the, our, our methodology is based on, firstly, right, the GDP and the market cap right, of that region or the country in terms of how we allocate in terms of, ge- uh, of geography. So for the U.S. alone, right, we're allocating about, fo- about 40% of the equity portfolio in the U.S. Right? That follows by Europe. We're looking at it at 20%. Right? And then we are looking at Asia. And Asia, that includes uh, the greater China. And greater China, there will be China, Taiwan, and, uh, and uh, Hong Kong. Right? That will be another like, uh, 10%. Right. And India itself, we, we still give an allocation uh, at about 10%, but we are only looking at index fund in a global portfolio for the India allocation. Very interesting. Uh, and what is your 40%? So I'll, I'll just repeat that for our, for mm-hmm. our listeners. 40% USA, 20% Europe, and the balance in, I think, you know, a wide variety of countries within Asia, within mm-hmm. Asia right? Yes, in Asia okay. and the emerging markets. So, so the... Okay. The emerging market includes your the the likes of your Latin America like Brazil, right? And your Europe also can include the emerging Europe, right? Eastern Europe and Russia, right? So these are some of the allocation. Sure. Yeah, lovely. I mean, how this sounds quite exciting. How so? And what you know, if I go ahead with this, what would my portfolio look like? I mean, what funds or you know what what kind of funds would I be holding in my portfolio if I diversify into this and I'm guessing that you're also talking about active investing out here so maybe the 40% US might or might not include an, an S&P 500 fund or how what would my portfolio look like out here okay the specific products I mean I will just do a, a plug for our first uh, global investment uh, conference which I hope your listener can join us on the 25th and 26th of February right which we will, we will actually launch our recommended uh, uh, portfolio and funds right just to give a heads up like some of the funds that we are recommending in the US region we are, we are actually looking at two funds. We are, we are looking at an index, the S&P 500 index fund from Motila Oswa, right? And then the Franklin Templeton US Opportunity Fund, right? So you'll be, you'll, be, you'll be finding that we are actually looking at an active and a passive fund, right? The reason being is that because the allocation is at 40%, it's quite big, right? We believe that both strategy will actually help. Right. For instance, you know, now we know that the, you know, the, the NASDAQ and the tech stocks are actually quite heavily weighted right, on the S&P 500. Right. The benefit of active management is that the fund manager can see and decide that he wants to allocate less into a tech fund right, than move it to the consumables and other areas of the sectors where they feel that it will benefit once the economy rebounds. Right. Well, when you go into an index fund, right, it just follows based on the market cap, correct? And that's why now you look at the technology weightage is actually quite high, right? So we decide that we want to have both the active and passive in a strategy for US. That's why we have an active fund and a passive fund to split or that forty percent, right, for the US exposure. Fantastic, Eric. T- t- just t- t- uh, if you can tell our listeners ab- ab- uh, about the conference that you were just talking about. So mm. uh, this episode is going to go out uh, pretty soon. It's going to go, I think, just before your conference. What are the dates of the conference? What mm. is it about? What can what can our listeners look forward to? How do they register? Right, right. Um, okay, so we, we are doing the first uh, global investment conference in India, right, on the twenty fifth and twenty sixth of February, of which we will actually get the fund managers right to share their 
yeah, market outlook, all right, and also how to how to uh, create a, a global portfolio. We will also be sharing our recommended international funds and model portfolios that the listeners can actually look at to see how they can they can allocate, right? And they can look forward to a two days of very interesting insights, all right, from the global experts coming from all over the world, right? And uh, and, and and also how to rebalance a portfolio. Fantastic, folks. And where can they learn more about this? And in fact, I mean, tell us about your website and any resources that you might have if our listeners want to go and learn more about this concept of global investing and hopefully even attend your conference. All right. Um, you can actually go to our Facebook or LinkedIn pages or visit our website at events.ifastfinancial.co.in to register for the event. And it's free. Fantastic, folks. So you should be you should be looking to take a, a you know, to attend that conference if you want to know more about this very exciting idea about global investing uh, across regions right because eric mentioned yes. that he's looking at usa europe and emerging markets which could be asia could be latin america could be it sounds quite exciting because at one point of time this used to be institutional stuff right eric i mean you could only you know uh, as a fund you couldn't do this at a retail level this is quite exciting isn't it yeah, yeah, it is, it is. Um, I think, I mean, um, when we started in Singapore, right, and Singapore and Hong Kong both are very, uh, it's an, an open market. So we started off with global investing from day one, right? But India and China is quite similar in a way that uh, you, the, there is a capital control, right? And also uh, most investors start off of just investing in their home country, right? Like many of the developing uh, countries, but over time, when the investors become more sophisticated and they understand the risk of just putting all your eggs in one market, right, then the demand increases, right? And therefore, I think we are seeing that stage right now happening in India, where the investors understand the benefits and the risks right, of investing globally. And therefore, we are seeing this great opportunity for them to actually look at the world and see, all right, it's time for me to gain the global exposure. Fantastic, Eric. I wish you, I wish I first all the very best with the conference. Maybe we can have you guys back, uh, you know, after the conference is over or after a few months, once this trend hopefully starts picking up. So folks, that is a wrap on this episode of Pesa Vesa, my guest, Eric Horn, Managing Director of IFAS Financial India Private Limited. Eric, thank you so much. Thank you so much for doing this for our listeners. Thank you, Anupam, for this great opportunity. Nice talking to you. Yes, thank you. Listeners, if you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IBM Network. You can listen to us on the IBM Podcast app or ibmpodcast.com. You can follow us on our social media. We are IBM Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to reach out to me, I'm your host, Anupam Gupta, B50 on Twitter. Thank you so much for listening to Pesa Pesa. No material on the show should be considered as financial advice. The material on the show is for informational purposes only. Please consult a financial advisor before taking any investment decision.